Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Margaret Wishingrad, who is the co-founder and CEO of Three Wishes Cereal, a family company dedicated to providing a nutritious yet delicious alternative to the popular breakfast staple. Margaret created this incredible product because she couldn't find what she wanted for her child, a cereal that wasn't full of sugar and questionable ingredients. She set out to create a healthier alternative, one that has more protein, less sugar, and is gluten and grain-free. Margaret, welcome to Subscribing to Wellness. For our listeners who are not familiar with Three Wishes, can you please tell us a little bit about the product? Yeah, so Three Wishes is a better-for-you cereal product that is grain-free, which cereal is usually not, and it's high in protein, low in sugar, and we're just working on recreating the classics that you know and love, but making them a little bit healthier. Were you a cereal fanatic growing up or what brought you into this category? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm an immigrant and you come to this country and it's like, well, especially for parents that were not from here, eating healthy was not a thing. So I grew up eating all of the worst cereals, honeycomb, cookie crisp. It was a staple in the house and it's something that's super American. Um, and I think that's part of why my parents tried to incorporate it in the house. And then when, as an adult, I wanted to feed my kids cereal, I haven't consumed it as an adult at that point for the longest time. And was like, oh my God, the category has not changed. It's all the same junky stuff from when I was a kid. And it was a massive opportunity to create something that we as adults would eat. We as adults would feed our children. So it was, it was really exciting to be able to create a cereal. What were you doing before you started Three Wishes? So my husband and I, who's my co-founder in Three Wishes as well, we have an ad agency here in New York called Big Eyed Wish. And so we were building brands for our clients, small and large. We worked with the Nestle's, Pepsi's, Diageo's of the world. And then we worked with some smaller brands. And I think that's where we had real excitement was being able to help someone take real innovation, create a brand new brand, see it live in the wild. Um, and I think that was super inspiring for us and, and really helped us when we decided to launch our own brand as well. I fully will admit, I grew up like pounding cinnamon toast crunch Pounding Special K, which I actually didn't feel as guilty about. Like, I kind of felt like at the time that was one of the healthier options, even though it's still not really the healthiest. And my favorite of all time was Frosted Mini Weeks. Like, I went through boxes of those and I, and I felt like it was appropriate as like a breakfast, lunch and dinner kind of thing. And my mom would like kill me for that. I personally kind of abandoned the category a little bit just because when I did become like very health conscious... I just didn't think there was a very good option. And I was just finding that other categories within breakfast, egg whites, fruit, whatever it is, were just like so much healthier. So I think it's really, really exciting to see a brand like Three Wishes really coming in and establishing themselves as a better for you option, just because it brings people like me kind of back to the category, you know? That's exactly why we did it. It was to allow and give consumers permission to consume cereal for breakfast again. I mean, it was... Looking at cereals that I consumed as a child, my parents might as well have given me donuts for breakfast. It was truly this, the same thing. And to even think that something like Special K was an okay alternative for cereal, you, you look at it now as like someone with real health lens and you're like, wow, this still isn't that great for you. So it was super exciting to be able to create a product that truly served a real need. 
So we know the real, the kind of the impetus of starting it was that you had a child and you wanted a healthier alternative cereal for your child. But as you are realizing, so many adults love Three Wishes and it's gravitated towards by so many different types of consumers. Can you tell us a little bit about the consumer landscape and who is your biggest consumer? Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at cereal as a category, you look at, and this could just be from just walking the aisle by design, you see so many characters. It's definitely always targeted towards children and families. And that's still largely the consumer that consumes that category. That being said, cereal is one of those things that you think about that infants and grandparents and everyone in between eats, right? It's such a comfort food. And so when I think about who's my demographic, I definitely say like, I am my own demo. So it is the millennial family, but it's truly for anyone with a mouth. Cereal is so American, so general. It it fulfills that same. For me, I always equate it to how you feel when you have a slice of pizza or a bowl of pasta. There's something there that like triggers this nostalgia. I'm a kid again experience. And I think everyone wants to feel that whether you're 25 or 85. Yeah, totally. What's your favorite flavor and way to eat the cereal? Do you eat it dry? Do you eat it with milk? So it's so, I mean, I eat it all, all the ways. Um, so most times if I'm like sitting at my desk, just consumed in something, I'm like hand in the box. You accidentally hit the bottom of the box. You don't understand how you just went through a box of cereal in a sitting. Um, so that's one of the use cases, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll sit with my kid and, and have it with milk. My husband has the quirkiest way of eating it. He eats it with grapefruit juice because he's lactose intolerant. And when he was growing up, there were no alt milks or they weren't that popular. And so I'm like, that is the weirdest way, but you do you, my friend. Um, so that's one way to eat it. And then in terms of the favorite, I don't know, it changes every week right now. Frosted is definitely up there, but it is also the newest. So it's the most exciting, but all of our flavored skews are definitely up there for me. Love, love me some cinnamon, love the fruity, love the cocoa. They each fill their, their like need a little bit different. Cocoa is really good at night. It's that like crunchy, chocolatey, like it's, it's a really interesting one. And then the morning, I really like frosted and cinnamon. Is your kid like fully converted and asking for it like every day? Or is it kind of like a, I kind of want to sneak my like cinnamon toast crunch in once in a while, but like mom won't let me, or is it like there, he doesn't even know cinnamon toast crunches, but no, it's the brand has definitely become, it's not that it became wallpaper in our house, right? It's like so ingrained. He sees it everywhere he turns in this house. And so he'll eat it whenever he feels like he wants cereal. A big test for me was obviously children are introduced to like, oh, puffs at a really certain, like at a really early age, they're familiar with that shape. And that like sweet taste profile is something that they kind of like, it's a behavioral thing. And so for us, when I was testing the product during the two years of development, it was definitely like, which one would he come back for and ask for more? And he loves all the flavors of three wishes. And he like, it does that same thing where he like, each one's like a different today. He's like, Oh, I'm feeling fruity or I'm feeling this flavor. So he definitely eats it a ton. It's just like, we let him, we let him rock with however he's feeling. That's nice. That That is a great mom. I, I remember like my mom was pretty chill with kind of my diet when I was growing up and it was kind of like me by myself that like decided to be healthier. And then you also have those parents who are like, you cannot eat a fruit roll up. Like you cannot have sour candy. And then their kids end up like rebelling and like eating so much like crap. It's interesting to see like different parenting styles, how people end up. One question for you that's a little bit more about the industry. I feel like, and and I kind of brought this point up earlier, strategics, big strategics. And again, like I think a lot of the strategics are great, Kellogg, General Mills, but they've, it seems like they've kind of struggled to organically like innovate and to better for you cereal successfully. 
obviously they've kind of brought line extensions with like maybe higher fiber or lower sugar but for the most part it's been kind of like challenging for them to bring like a, a really strong like organic brand for the first time into market that's really better for you just i mean our x bar right just launched with like a cereal version i think within the kellogg family which i think is an interesting move what what do you think has been like the struggle or the challenges that, that like these strategics have faced predominantly that has really kept them from from innovating successfully in this better for your kind of cereal segment? Yeah, so I think it's twofold. Part of it is it is very difficult to actually create this type of innovation. And from my experience on working with large companies, it is really difficult to sell something through and take something that is unfamiliar to one of these type of giants and actually make it come to life. So the innovation part is super difficult. And I think the other part is they make millions and billions of dollars on a really high margin grain-based commodity type product, they don't really need to go and make that type of product, right? It's much easier for them to go in and take a brand that builds real brand equity and trust from a consumer for being a healthier brand like they did with RX, right? And now they get to extend it. And so it's sometimes easier to, instead of creating it, just go buy it and then extend from it. And so, I mean, there's a, there's a plethora of reasons, but it's really difficult to innovate in big companies. I'd love to kind of go back a little bit to your time at Big Eyed Wish as well as what still is Big Eyed Wish and talk a little bit about you guys spend a lot of time building other brands and that's a big part. I come from an advertising background and and know that whole world of you're focusing all your attention on another brand, but now you pivoted and you started your own business and you started your own brand. Can you talk a little bit about that pivot and like what it was like going from building other brands to then turning and working in the industry, but then building your own brand. Yeah, it's such a different thing. We're going from service to product, two different worlds. You eventually find who your client is. Then it was whoever the brand is. And now it's the buyer, the consumer. How do we make them happy? So we're always servicing someone in a way. But it's it's really interesting. I personally love operating businesses. And I think we've also been Big Eyed Wishes' worst client, Three Wishes, because we, so, we, we just look at minutiae and things that we probably shouldn't even analyze and we go so far into it. So we've been our worst enemy in that sense. Sometimes it took us almost two years to create our own packaging because every time we'd be like, no, 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 we have to redo it. No, this doesn't like, and so it's really interesting. And so for me, where I would on the other side, think about the client and what they like all their marketing needs here. We almost put, it's not that we put our marketing last. It's obviously a massive part of, of who we are and, and the brand, but it's definitely like, okay, I have to make sure my product delivers today. I have to make sure this picks up there. So it's just a really different mindset. I love them both, but I really, really enjoy the product side and, and bringing something to market and also walking a store aisle, flipping a box around, seeing my face on a shelf. It's a surreal thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When you guys were making three wishes and you came up with the name, did you know you were going to have a second child? And how did that that impact the... the yeah, the- so we, we always like, Ian and I, it's funny, like one of our very first dates, I remember I was driving like after one of first dates, we were doing a phone call, which was so weird because no one does phone calls after they start dating. It's all text, but we were on a phone call and we're like, how many kids do you want to have? How many kids do you want to have? And we were talking about it. And so we knew that it wasn't going to be just Ellis. And so we're like, all right, if we have to reposition the brand, we're going to have to have one more kid for the sake of the brand. So hopefully that'll be in the cards. But yeah, I mean, for us, the three wishes story was twofold. It was 
the, the family story, which was the three of us then when we launched and when we developed the product. And it was definitely the three things that are important to the brand, which is the high protein, low sugar, and the gluten and grain-free aspect of it. So it works on that front. So maybe we'll have a third wish and we'll reposition it instead of Margaret Ian and Ellis. It'll be Ellis, Jonah, and whoever XYZ is. I love that. I was wondering what Jonah will think when he grows up and this yeah, we, <laughs> we always joke. We're like, Jonah, we're just going to have to figure out and pay for therapy because you're not making it to the box, my friend. Unless we vote Ian off the island, that's fine too. Margaret, Jonah, and Ellis, I guess that's fine. But um, it was a good fit when it launched, but maybe Jonah will be part of a line extension. Yeah, of course. Of course. There you go. <laughs> Talking about line extensions, so you guys have obviously gone into different flavors. You've come out with Frosted. Is most of the innovation really related to to flavor? Or do you plan on also kind of adjusting function in the future as well? Yeah, all all of the above is the end. So we are definitely, I think, recreating the classics and and nailing the flavor side is something super important. So potentially other flavors, um, but other innovation. And I think that's why we decided to go with three wishes and not, um, you know, chickpeas or anything that's super product specific. We wanted to have the flexibility for when we felt the time was right to, to possibly do other extensions and other categories that we would have that platform and be able to do so. So bit of both. The competitive landscape is really interesting right now with so many other brands trying to disrupt or fulfill this healthy cereal alternative. We're seeing Magic Spoon, Seven Sundays, Off Limits, Catalina Crunch, all kind of like in a different, you know, some are the paleo, some are the whey protein, whatever it might be. How does Three Wishes, I mean, from the ingredient profile alone, obviously it stands out in its unique profile, but can you just talk a little bit about like you, Three Wishes versus these other competitors? Yeah. So all the other competitors have done an amazing job in winning at whatever their like niche and category was. And so for us, the way we looked at it was we wanted to be a family brand that is sold and available in retail at a certain price point with a certain ingredient profile. So that was definitely it. So it wasn't, hey, let's fall into keto or any of these other specific diet trends. It was, let's be general, better for you. And let's be super accessible. I think about my own behavior as a mom and how I shop. And yes, do I order things online from certain dot coms? Sure. Is it usually food? No. And is, you know, if my son is, if I need to go feed my kid breakfast, I'm probably going to drive to the store, throw him in his car seat and go to a supermarket and pick it up and come home. And I'm also going to be price sensitive too. I think when it becomes a staple in your home and it's not a diet product, you want to be in a certain price point. So where it's sold, the price point, the ingredients are all things that we really considered and, and how I, or any of my peers would shop. And it seems to have resonated with consumers. Everyone's really pleased with the taste, the experience, where you can buy it, you know, how much you're paying for it. So those are all really important. I think all set us apart because we're all very different in each of those verticals. What have been just changing to a different topic? What have been like some of the the biggest kind of obstacles, challenges, hardest feedback that kind of you faced on your journey of like really launching this brand in such a successful manner? There's an obstacle every day. It's not like any of it's easy. It, it The wins are all really fun, but you're dealing with the supply chain in a pandemic, launching into a pandemic, and you're worried. It's just like, it's another baby. So it's the same way you're like, it's the growing pains. It's figuring out when is the right time to launch to certain retailers and when you have to make decisions because supply chains all over the place, making those decisions. So there's really an everyday obstacle, but it's really what comes with operating a product. 
That's an awesome answer. And I think also, I love the point you made earlier. I think you have such an array of kind of backgrounds when it comes to a founder profile, whether it's someone who works kind of in a bigger company on the operations side, someone who is really just taking a step, you know, for the first time ever as an entrepreneur. I love that background that you have of such like a, a brand expert. Because I just think in this in this space within CPG and especially within Serial, like, of course, functional benefit is first. But as other brands kind of bring in function, the like the actual core creative idea, the visual brand identity, that kind of stuff is so crucial. And your background is, is so perfect to execute on that end. I think that's, for me, I think why Three Wishes has been so successful besides the fact that they've also been kind of a first mover in this kind of functional serial space. What's next? What are your goals for this year for Three Wishes? Like if everything went perfectly, like what would be happening with the business? Is it about retail expansion? Where do you want to, where do you want to get to? Yeah, so today we launched in Whole Foods nationally, which is massive for us as a brand and so, so exciting. Yeah, thank you. And so I think, you know, something that's really important to us, I'm not in the mindset of like, okay, we have to bust a million doors open to throw everything all over the place. It's really going back to that brand building creating that community, identifying who your tribe is, leaning in really heavily with those. So we're in almost about every natural door that we want to be in for the year. Um, We kind of like strategy has been a big part of the brand for us. Yes. So we've been spending the two years on the product and then the packaging and all of those things, but laying down that strategy and then sticking to it really, like really sticking to it um, and saying no, when you need to say no has been super important for us. And it's just continuing to execute in all the channels we're in and, and really build that consumer base where they love the product, they're excited to consume it. And then I think from then on, like from that point, we can continue taking those larger steps. That's awesome. Whole Foods is huge. Obviously, that's like, you know, a dream for any emerging CPG brand. So that is awesome. Huge congrats there. I think just a few rapid fire questions as we kind of close here that I'm going to throw at you so the the listeners can get to know Margaret better, better than even Three Wishes, if that's all right. Love it. Hit it. Favorite music artist? Oh, that's so hard. My kids are really into Shakira. So I've been listening to Shakira like nonstop. I love Camille. Camilla Cabello, Camilla Cabello. She, I like love her energy and her like nonchalant thing. And honestly, Cardi B, because I just love who she is as a person. So Man, I, between the I was th- hoping you'd say Dua Lipa, but I'll live with that answer. Okay, Dua Lipa, by the way, we're going to quickly go into this. So my husband did this thing where he like pulled on his Instagram of like, is Dua Lipa here to stay or is Dua Lipa doing her 15 <laughs> minutes of fame? And I vote her 15 minutes of fame because I think there's a difference between a performer and a recording artist. She's an exceptional recording artist. She's not a performer. Wow. Hot take right there. Hot take. <laughs> Sorry, Dua Lipa. We love you. Keep hitting us with the box. But my vote was out. Coolest place you've ever been? Hmm. Enid Bergen, Switzerland. One of the most breathtaking views ever. Love. Switzerland is, it is a Ricola commercial the whole time. Biggest phobia, like biggest fear. I don't know if it's a fear or an irk, but people that chew disgusting is my biggest like thing. I hate that. I have to, I sometimes tell my fiance to like stop chewing gum so aggressively because I'm just like, like chill, it's gum. All right, last one. If you had, you know, on the back of the box, it says, what are the three wishes you have to start your day, right? So what are the three wishes that you have kind of in like the, the long-term future for yourself? continue the well okay 
Brand brand will be last. Um, for my kids to continue just crushing it as humans, like love who they're be- becoming. So just like the same continue crushing it kid that for me, my kids first and foremost, always for the brand to just keep building that same community and traction and love that the brand's building. So, so thrilled and proud of that. And then I don't know, everything in my life is so great. I just like want everything to continue as is. I'm just so grateful for, for everything that we have. And so I guess the third one, you know what? My husband and I have had some like bad COVID eating habits. So getting healthier for the, the foreseeable future would be a good one that we'll take. That's a great answer. And I think actually is a really good segue into our last question that we ask every podcast guest we have. So obviously you just mentioned you had a few unhealthy habits that you kind of came into during COVID, which makes sense. We all kind of had that vibe when we're sitting at home pent up in front of our laptops all day. But basically what we do is we like to ask all our guests what it means to them to subscribe to wellness. So what kind of healthier habits or choices do you kind of make on a regular basis that are allowing you to live a somewhat healthier life, you know, while managing such a demanding business? Yeah. So I think what we've been doing or we always make the effort to do is to find the healthier alternative of that thing we're craving. So if it's pizza, you swap it for that cauliflower pizza, even though it's not always as fulfilling. Make those slightly considered upgrades because that's what we always ask our consumer to do is to swap over from conventional cereal into the modern better take on cereal. And so we try to reflect in our own lives that same decision-making, which is like, eat the healthier stuff. And then the other effort we try to do, which was, we definitely didn't like when we just had a second kid and the business is growing, we didn't make the effort to like go outside and do the walks that you're supposed to do and get that activity in. And so that's something we've also been trying to do recently is it's just like, get that body moving. Margaret, thanks so much for, for being on today. Can you let us know where our listeners can learn more about Three Wishes? Yeah. So you can go to our website, which is threewishesserial.com. You can go on our Instagram at three wishes and, and anywhere where you probably Google like Wikipedia, you can go anywhere. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can find us at today at Whole Foods, um, at Wegmans, at Sprouts, at the Fresh Market, and a store locator online that'll help you get there. And if you don't leave your house, you can order it from Amazon, our website, Thrive, and other places that may sell cereal. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Margaret. I'm going to go have a bowl of three wishes right now. Yeah, love that, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you. This was short, sweet, chef's kiss. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to order three wishes, use our custom promo code STW10. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great week filled with wellness and we'll see you next time.